Welcome to Voices in Between, the podcast with international voices on education and diversity. This is Christoph Knoblauch meeting educational experts and discussing perspectives in between ideas of true and false. This is Professor Knoblauch speaking at the Ambedkar University in Delhi. We have a special guest today, it's Dr. Sharma, and uh, we're going to talk about the leading topic of diversity and a very special topic which is a big concern and a big issue both in Germany and in India. Gender diversity. Um, so I am uh, Gunjan Sharma and I work in the area of policy, education policy and I focus on diversity issues across the intersecting uh, axis of caste, class, gender. Um, so gender diversity in India is uh, one area on which a lot of scholars are writing and doing work, particularly where it has its impact and bearing on education. And uh, there, the the feminist scholars in India are varied, and why uh, you know they are uh, across the various disciplines in sociology, in economics, in education, as well as in history. Uh, one of the primary concerns in education uh, where it comes to gender diversity and gender parity uh, is uh, in terms of uh, women's enrollment in the school system. Uh, for a very long time, um, you know, the enrollment rate of girls in the school was very low and now it's coming at par with that of boys. But what we are finding now of late is that, um, you know, the girls uh, drop out from the school at a you know, higher rate than boys. So uh, the chances of girls going through the entire spectrum of education are much less than boys. So um, about 62% of the girls who enroll in the school uh, drop out by the age of, say, um, 13, 14, that is by the time they complete their class 10. Um, this is a major issue, particularly because it has intersections with caste and ethnicity. Uh, so if you look at indigenous populations here, or you know the way we refer to them as um, tribes of India, you will find that the tribal girls uh, have a much higher chance of dropping out as compared to girls from the upper caste and uh, their chances in the, of the survival in the school system and reaching higher education are the lowest. Um, this is one of the major challenges in terms of how policymakers look at um, school system and gender issues in there. But there are also varied kinds of issues that are now being registered. For instance, uh, looking at gender not in a binary sense but on a continuum. And uh, we found that it was only very recently, um, in the year 2013-14, um, or maybe even later, but 2013-14 is the time that uh, I remember debates having around this topic, that uh, you know, third gender, uh, transgender, or um, those who are not you know, um, very, very clear in terms of what kind of gender role would they want to assign to themselves, or how would they want to mention their gender their education and their enrollment in the schools are is now being taken up as an issue so we found that the way in which uh, you know uh, school enrollments happen initially the the 
school forms enrollment forms only had two gender categories to be mentioned in there you had to either classify yourself as a male or a female but now there is another option where you know other is a category that has been mentioned there are also particular steps being taken to uh, include to integrate um, people from who identify themselves as queer as uh, transgender to get them in the higher education system in multiple ways so different kinds of programs are also being planned the admission policies are changing and um, probably we are moving in the direction of having a more diverse gender diverse campus uh, a lot of these work i mean the movements happen uh, from a very very rich feminist culture that uh, is and scholarship that is uh available and active in india and um there are uh, publications that are entirely focused on women's issues and there um, there are special series and volumes that come out come off and on on gender issues so one of them is kali for women that's a very very uh powerful um you know scholarly forum and the interests there are not just scholarly but they are also of uh, activist and no critiquing kind similarly there is another publication uh, house zuban uh, which means literally means voice uh, so that avenue is also doing very active work in the uh, context of women's education there are also uh, um, issues where one uh, or initiatives where one sees uh, that you know the initial idea was to actually empower women but uh, what happened in that process was uh, very political and very strange and unanticipated so there have been movements for em- women empowerment in education and uh, there are initiatives by non government organizations civil society going on in different parts of the country and uh, what has happened is that uh, the challenge there uh, you know faced by the women is that in the name of empowering the women a lot of money was pushed in the schemes uh, a lot of uh, new institutions were set up a lot of new initiatives were taken in terms of educating the women but over a period of time it is being found out that instead of empowerment of women uh, it sort of shifted the responsibility uh, of voicing the concerns and taking agency to the women i mean which is a positive sign but you know if you look at the women with whom these uh, you know initiatives were working they were really from the you know the lowest rung of the society and then uh, in the name of empowerment they have been uh, kind of assigned these roles of voicing their concerns by themselves and the state claims that no this is what they have done they have empowered women and now their duties are over so these are issues where one sees that um, discourses around rights discourses around empowerment discourses around justice they are also being twisted in a very very neoliberal sort of uh, dimensions and uh, varied kinds of further issues emanating for work in these areas so um generally one finds that in the policy space uh, there is a tension in um uh, in terms of 
these various discourses coming together one is an empowerment discourse one is an integration discourse another is an inclusion discourse and the third one is a critical voice agency autonomy discourse not just for women but for all the genders but of course you know more active work has been happening on women's education in particular um also when one looks at the school curriculum the textbooks uh, a lot of work happened in the year 2005 till 2008 so that's the time when a new curriculum framework national curriculum framework for school education had come out um, it was a very very progressive document it was uh, critical socially critical it took a stand for diversity in education it uh, took a more secular uh you know stand uh, for education and they also brought in gender as a major thematic that should be taught cross cutting the school levels right from the early childhood to um class 8 10 and whatever so there in one found that a lot uh many changes came about in the school textbooks and uh, the topics that are taught in the school by the school teachers and therein uh, protest as a category uh, was introduced uh, so protest related to your rights in general and particularly protesting when you know certain gender norms are violated uh, protesting against discrimination um, and you know then engaging with this whole notion of what does it mean to be in a democratic society so the democratic aims of education were in the forefront and there and you know all sorts of intersectionalities of gender class and caste were being addressed through, through those dimensions but when one analyzes the textbooks that were finally developed and you know the um, that reached the schools and the way they were transacted one found that there was a lot of translation loss from the curriculum to the text and then to the classroom Uh, from teacher to the student also there were a lot of issues so you would find a very critical activity uh, for instance there were garments uh, you know uh, pictures of garments illustrations of garments in a textbook uh, on one side they had kept pink garments and on the other side they had kept blue garments and the question that was asked was that how will you categorize these garments so the expectation from the teacher was that she would critically engage the students on these matters but then one found that teacher was you know doing rights and wrongs in terms of pink are for girls and blues are for boys so actually of, reinforcing the biases yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so the area where now the focus is going in the policy domain in terms of you know having more gender neutral kind of gender a sensitive gender diverse kind of spaces is teacher education and um, there are uh, teacher trainings that are done by the state on gender matters uh, and at the same time there are university systems that are engaging ambedkar university is also planning courses uh, for teachers on gender issues along with varied other issues so teacher education finally came down as being the primary area where you know if you have to really have more inclusive classrooms um, you know where diversity is respected and utilized well um, teacher education is now uh, you know one of these areas that is in the forefront of the focus yeah okay.
Dr. Sharma, thank you very much you. for this very interesting insight in gender diversity from an Indian perspective. Thanks so much for listening. Looking forward to meet you back on Voices in Between.